Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. Welcome back, everyone. It's the AO Show. Oh, boy. The AO Show. We got an extra O in there today on Conroe's 106.1 and 104.5, IRLoneStar.com, and available wherever you get your podcast from. I'm Andrew, next to the guy who is intimidated by Little League baseball players, Dick Schisler. It's true. They throw pretty fast. They're big, man. They're big. Are you scared of the little ones, too, or just, just, the, just the beefy ones? All of them. All of them. All of them. I think you just have a general fear of children. No, just when they're playing baseball. Yeah, it is kind of intimidating when you're playing kids and they're better. Yeah, like playing kids at sports and they're better than you at that sport. It's got to be really, really like a mind bender. Yeah, that happened in soccer. You go to the, oh yeah? Oh yeah. I used to play like, you know, those, I guess, what do they call it? Recreational mm-hmm. leagues and stuff like that. And it was... We played full like a full field. It was a full FIFA approved field, so it was eleven on eleven. And every time we played a team that had like, oh, it's our they're our age. This should be fun. Mm-hmm. But then there's a couple of them who get like right to get the twenty year olds, and they just sub. You know, there's they just show up to the soccer field like, oh, I want to play, I want to sure. play, and they have to pay, and and they're way too fast, way too good, sure. and, and in shape, and, and in shape, not and, hungover, and yeah. and that's when you shove them. <laughs> You have nothing else to to defend yourself with except for just violence. Well, yeah, I, I, I that's what I ended up doing oh, a lot funny. with the kids. It's like, you know what? If this kid's going to try to, I'm just going to put my body into him. Like, oh, he ran into me. Yeah, there's nothing more demoralizing than going to the, the elementary school in the eight-foot rims and being like, I'm going to dominate. And then, <laughs> and then you just get routed. Well, I don't never never done that. Uh, I meant like oh. on an actual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, hypothetically. I mean, yeah, I've never done that either. <laughs> I mean, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> hypothetically, of course. But uh, but yeah, did you have a good Labor Day? We made it through Labor Day. Yeah, it was good. I played a little golf, did a little relaxing. It was nice, man. Jumped in the pool a few times, ate a little barbecue. How about yourself, man? Uh, yeah, I went to Louisiana. Second time gambled ever. I lost all my money. Uh, the station's now gonna be closed tomorrow because of the cell <laughs> equipment. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, we went to Louisiana, made some barbecue, hung out with family. It was a nice, simple Labor Day. What did you lose all your money on? Slot machines, man. You know, I've heard that those aren't really um, very good odds, Dick. I'm... Well, it was funny is I've never done slot machines. So well, you got to do them at least once, I was I having fun, and I noticed, I was like, oh, right, people who are winning are not betting like a dollar. They're betting $5 a bet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I got I to gotta just try that. <laughs> And I won. I'll, How'd that work out for no, you? No, I was up. I was up most of the time. And then, like, you know. the last hour, I just go, screw it. Like, let's just see what happens. And and I think that's, that's from what I understand, if you really want to make money at slot machines, you got to do, like, the $25 bets. $25? Woo, that's, like, yeah. high-stakes stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing true penny slots, which doesn't really exist anymore. I mean, penny slots, you're, you're playing, like... 100 credits, which is like a dollar a pull these days, but there are a few you can find. If you're going to play like pennies, you can be there all day, but you're not going to win anything. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it was fun. Not, you're not it betting was, anything. It was a good experience. We went to La Berge. 
Uh, one thing I, I loved going there because I've never been there before. And the friend I was with is a very experienced, I wouldn't say gambler, but just mm-hmm. he just knows how he knows to, what he's doing. He knows, he knows what he's doing. So he's got I watched the Midas him. touch on the button for the slot machine. Uh, yeah, I mean, he just knows when to quit. That's what he told <laughs> well, me. That is he, key. he literally goes, This is so funny. He was like a guardian angel that I didn't listen to. <laughs> I was up and he goes, Hey, man, when you're hot, you might want to just consider stopping. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah cool. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and then I was like, and then the next 45 minutes, I go, I'm out of money. He's like, how did you run out of money? You were up so much. And I was like, I don't know. I was having fun. And uh, did, he, uh, did he hand you a pamphlet that said, like, know when to say when. Know when to stop. I always see those in the casinos. And you're like, yeah. throw those out the window. Pound the button. More money, more money. Well, yeah, that was uh, one of my favorite things was driving in. You see all the signs. And then the bottom of every billboard, it's like, yeah. if you have a problem, call this number. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? It's really funny about that is that's such a backhanded way to help somebody. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, it's kind of like the cigarette thing where, on, you know, like in Australia, when you get a pack of cigarettes, it has mm-hmm. like dying children on it or whatever it is. <laughs> I wasn't uh, aware they did that. Well, they that have, sounds awesome. I think they have like pictures of like, you know, lungs that have on the pack of cigarettes. Like on the pack of cigarettes. And, and oh I was thinking gosh. about it. And, like, That's I, amazing. and I walk into LaBerge and I was like, well, those guys didn't care at all about that phone number at all. And I was amazed at the different variety of people. Cause there you, are all kinds you, at the casino. Yeah, because it's the second time I've ever gambled, and the people sitting at the tables for like the card games and stuff, uh-huh. it was too intense. Like I was thinking of learning how to play blackjack, and then I kind of approached the table, and I was like, "No way!" Like these people. Yeah, would... I think you need to practice at home with um, your friends. Learn how to, to make bets. Learn how to be consistent and, and get that out of your well, system I first. Think it's more of an because you don't want to learn. It's more of an etiquette thing. I feel like because I would do the wrong. Kind oh yeah, of absolutely. Thing and, and you may, you can lose money for the rest of the table. You don't want to be learning when people yeah. have potentially well, know, hundreds of dollars out there so and they're looking at you like, who's this guy slots. who's hitting on eighteen? You know. And what what I love about uh, Laverge in Louisiana, that's where we went, and the like the circle of all the slot machines. You could tell how old they were, mm-hmm. and it, what it reminded me of is like those kind of places where they've been around for forty years, and they're just trying to make everything kind of work, like the door hinges <laughs> and everything. Because they're trying to make door hinges work. Well, you know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah, about, no, where like you go to the bathroom, like oh, clearly this has been remodeled nine times because it's flooded and all this kind of stuff. Because some of those machines look so old, mm-hmm. and the panels on it, and they try to like do the. I bet there's so many rules and regulations for that kind of stuff. Sure. That's like, oh yeah, you have to have this sign on here. You have to have this thing, and and especially with technology being, you know, changing so fast. I was like, I wonder whose job it is. He probably gets paid bank to maintain these slot machines that are twenty years old. Yeah, make sure they're up to code, and they allow the little card. You would think though that a place like that that has old slot machines has already paid off those machines well, I'm not and worried, would have I'm not a little about, bit looser odds. You I'm know, not, I'm not worried. They don't have brand new machines. They got to pay off. Well, right? I'm not saying pay off. I meant more of just maintain. Oh yeah, no, because I'm talking like there was too, there was a machine. I'm, I guarantee you it was early '90s. Oh yeah, and it, like you could tell like by they didn't want to change the lights up top. So mm-hmm. the, the lights were tinted. That old, like it's been out in the sun, kind of tinted. And I was just like, this is like really. They probably got it off of another place, right? And after well, they I, sell their old ones, they're probably buying for cheap. Liber- I don't really know quality of casinos because I've never been to a lot of casinos. Oh, and there's some pretty nice ones. I've been to two. And yeah. uh, this one, I was like, oh, this is really cool. But when I started looking at all the machines, I was like, man, 
they really try to make these last. And I was like, you know, there's some guy in Louisiana making that's, money. That's the top mechanic. Oh yeah. And he's just like, absolutely. I just, that's how I make my money. I probably live in a cool house on stilts in the water and just kind of like get a phone call and I work because they don't ever close it. I didn't know that. No man, they're I did not know 24/7, that. Twenty four seven, three sixty five. Those casinos, they never want to miss a moment. I you mean, know, I, potential I get moment. It. I get because we woke up at like five thirty six. Open and we leave, and I was like, oh, they're open. That's interesting, and they don't close. And uh, I was like, I need to get some coffee though. And my buddy's like, Oh, coffee's inside the casino. I'm like, They're gonna get me if I go in there. Yeah, don't let me go in there, don't man. Let don't let me go, go in there. there. Hold <laughs> me back. Hold me back. <laughs> and they call that phone number. Uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but uh, but I could totally see why people have problems because I don't think I'm ever really gonna gamble again. Because it was fun with my mm-hmm. buddy. If I was going by myself, mm-hmm. I would never mm-hmm. go by myself. Like if you go, hey, oh yeah, no, I, so, I wouldn't go. I've never been to a casino by myself either. And I don't think I've ever like no. felt the urge to go. No. So and I didn't get that bug. I did not feel like I needed to wake up and go gamble. Yeah, and, I definitely would be picking up a, the pamphlet if I was going by myself. I and, think. Uh, but, yeah, one thing I, I was surprised about is how many foreigners were there. Did that make you uncomfortable? No, it was more of like what that place has to cater to. Because I ran into several people, like try to talk to them, did not speak any English. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, how does the casino deal with this? Like, do they have somebody that speaks Chinese or Arabic? Here? I've noticed that like, too. It does tend to attract. All kinds of people oh, from awesome. all over the place. It's awesome. Um, every casino I've ever been in seems to be that way. Oh, well, so so the best. So my last story. Hey, man, we, story on, bro. So we're we wake we up. We do have a talk show. Well, we we left real early uh-huh. uh, because we're it, what my buddy says. He's going quick, getting hot, and get out fast. And I was like, okay, whatever. He's like, you know, we're gonna leave at like at five six a.m. And I was like, okay, yeah, like I'm totally cool. I won't drink that much. Mm. We're good. Mm-hmm. And no, we didn't. Like I was just having a good time. Well, we are waiting for the valet, and this is like right around five thirty-six. The valet, and wow, this car pulls up, and it is loud, like do 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 do, like just just rap music blaring. Windows open or closed? Uh, closed. But when he got it? when he got out of the valet, it was <clears throat> bumping. And I was like, oh, yeah. this guy's just gonna let that valet deal with it. What was great was he's walking by, and he's wearing matching shirt and shorts. I say billionaire on it, like over and over and over and over. And I look at my buddy and I go, can you imagine this guy waking up? He probably has been driving for X amount of hours to get here early, you know? And he's like, I got to go gamble. Got my buddies. I got to get my outfit ready. And it just says billionaires. It looked like pajamas. You know, that's what it looked like. I would venture to guess that most billionaires don't wear shirts that say billionaire on it i'm oh, gonna i'm it, gonna guess this guy makes 35k i don't a year. i don't care i i was like all power to this guy because hey, yeah, he was absolutely. ready to have maybe, fun time maybe he was about Labor to go Day. make his billions there. i mean it was so funny man i'm just because we're sitting on like we're just waiting for the valet of course it's really early so there's only like one dude working yeah and are you are you typically a valet no partner? actually i asked him i go why are we getting valet and he's like man they, they usually comp it or whatever like yeah he, he's a vip there he has like a oh, card and he got the room comped and all that stuff right so, right but yeah it was just imagine but, but imagine you, waking up and you're yeah. like half awake and you're sitting there and this guy pulls up right in front of you doom doom i'm like this is way too early for this who's this guy and he gets out and he's just like walking he's helping his buddy out of the car i think it was his dad or something and it was just this billionaire. Bill, yeah, buddy. He's like, I, 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 you. We have to wear something like that. Do you typically get back to this valet talk? Do you do you typically valet park? Are you one of these guys that valets no, whenever um, you can? I'll valet I, if I go to certain areas, like in yeah. Houston, because I know where I am and I know 
Right. Like you're just not going to get a spot and right. it's just so much easier. It's kind of an odd concept if you think about it. You pull up to a place, you hand your keys off to someone you don't know, right? Oh, well, that, And they're going to take your car to an unknown location. So that's when I realized... There's it's kind of strange. Not even that. Like there's fancy cars mm-hmm. that have valet proof devices in it. Meaning? So like, uh, like I remember, this is probably about 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. My grandmother had a Mercedes... And she, I, I drove her every time because I could not be in the car with her when she's driving because <laughs> she's my life. grandma. And we valeted, and she's like, "Give me, can I see my key, please?" And I was like, "Okay." I handed her the key, and this little little tiny key came out. Uh huh. Yeah, valet key. The valet key, and mm-hmm. she locks mm-hmm. certain things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, "What is that for?" She's like, "Oh, it's for the valet." I'm like, "Just they literally designed that just so people wouldn't yeah. steal your stuff." Yeah, it's called a valet key so that you can keep things locked up in your glove box and things like that. While and you I, get, that yeah, I thought you meant something was like disabled the I car know, from but, being used. I'm like, well, no, 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 it's just funny to me that someone goes, "We had so many problems with valets. valets. We're, we have to design something for cars well, that but, people but it won't." Is, it is kind of strange. You're giving your... Well, your, if you have a gun or something, I get it. But. Anything of value, I guess, is really what it is. But, you know, when I was on my guy's trip over the summer, we valeted. And, and I can understand valet parking when it's advantageous for you to do so. Or maybe you're in a spot where parking is limited. Or you're in a bad area. And if you park your car out on the street, you run the risk of it maybe getting broken into, etc. I get that. But where we were at, plentiful parking... It's just the uh, the guy who rented the car likes to valet. He's a valet guy. And we stood there multiple times, 15 to 25 minutes waiting on our car. And I'm seeing people walk out to the parking lot, get in their car and leave. And I'm just like, we can, like, I'll go get the car for you, man. Like, this is not, and it was well, so valet, inconvenient. And then we had to pay for it. Well, they were just so busy, you know. And I thought at a certain point, when do you just stop using well, valet? That's, well, that's so I, annoying. Especially in that parking lot. We just stood there. <laughs> it's well, one thing I want to give is I want to let the Gold Nugget people and the LaVerge, y'all need to work on the front entryway. Yeah, work on that. Because it's very, like, plain. It's not exciting, mm-hmm. but, like, when you drive up to the building, you're like, oh, this is a cool building. But, you know, like, the drive there is, like, very... Like there's no signs. There's not like. I mean, you still gambled and you still lost your money, even with no, that true. boring entry. Uh, so maybe they're like, we don't have to. I just thought it was kind of weird. It. I just thought it was kind of yeah. weird. And uh, but yeah, valet. I don't see a problem with it. But no, I don't either. I just typically don't. I'm not a valet guy unless I, like I said, unless I have to or something. Well, if you're it's in downtown, weird, like weird Philadelphia or something, yeah, I'm gonna valet because I don't know where to go. Right. But like, right. that's if you don't know where to go. Because you don't want to park in the wrong That's what I'm spot. Saying, park in the wrong spot. Like, and come back and your car's well, up on no, blocks. No, what I love are the not the valet, but like the temporary parking spots. Mm. That have you ever see, have you seen that in Houston, like by Bennett Maid? Uh, like I don't when you know. go to the Astros game, yeah, yeah, like yeah. there's like these pop up, and you have to pay to park. Sure, yeah. And apparently, a lot of them are fake. Oh. <laughs> And so people are just people just have signs and they're like sitting by like a torn down building lot or whatever. And yeah, it's just five like, bucks to park five your bucks, car here. And he just takes and then somebody and probably walks ends off. up towing your car later because yeah. oh wow that doesn't surprise me I like at that. all. Uh, but yeah, like oh well, what would you, you think it's different for paying for parking and valeting? Because if you have the option to pay for parking or to valet, what would you do? Like you're pulling up and there's a fork. Yeah, and it's ooh, like good, oh pay ten dollars or valet. Are they the same cost? I mean, you're probably a little bit more. You're not talking like... I'm probably still just going to pay to park. I don't know why. I'm just not a valet guy. 
Again, unless I know I'm somewhere that's in the hood or I'm trying to impress a lady or something, maybe yeah. I'll check this out. I'm going to spring for the $15 well, like, valet like in the, the Woodlands, $10 self-park. Like in the Woodlands, uh-huh. I know the one parking lot that I always park in. And I'll always, like, if, if you go, hey, we're going to go eat at Market yeah. Street or whatever, I'm always going to park at this spot because I know how to get in and get out, and right. it's quick. And I'm, But, like, I know it's going to cost $10. Cost of living, man. So, well, that's because you live in fancy town. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh... <laughs> But yeah, uh, one thing I, I do want to say is I had the be- I made the best brisket I've ever made, Aww. thanks to my buddy. Yeah, and uh, so it, I learned we may I, have to have brisket talk because there's a whole art to it, man, and you can screw well, it up pretty easy. Number one, that I've we learned. Go. I guess we're gonna have brisket talk. No, right? it's okay. I just want to let like out of all of the cookers I've cooked on, mm-hmm. you really need to go to either a charcoal or a, a, a wood, a side loader. That's the only way to achieve, as like, opposed to well, like a pellet, okay, or electric. Right, those are like it's like cheating, but well, I mean, work. like you know, you just you will never get the same result. Interesting. And if you're looking, I think it depends on what you're smoking. Because like I've eaten things off of an electric about smoker that I'm is about just brisket. that is just phenomenal. You've eaten but a, bris- a brisket off of an electric. No, I don't know that I've eaten a brisket on it though. That sounds gross. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I have. I've done. I've eaten like ribs and chicken and things like that, and they turn out phenomenal. I don't think I've ever. I don't know. I know. That's I the only thing so, I really know. Like I have confidence to educate people on. Like if you want the best kind yep. of brisket ever, we he uh, like a barrel smoker or a side loader. Well, but, there you go. There's our Labor Day cooking talk. Yeah. Off offset cooking. So, uh, did you did you pay attention to I Love Conroe at all over over? A little bit, not much. Like so, I said, I, I was kind of staying off that over the weekend. So. That's too bad. Well, I think uh, a couple places. Have closed the rodeo chicken that everyone has been talking about. Oh no! Closed for the month. Oh no! I guess. Uh, I don't. What happened? I don't know. And everybody likes chicken that rodeos. Well, I well that's people either hate it or love it. (laughs) I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. Did you hear that in the city of New York? Speaking of Labor Day, they were flying drones over backyard parties to monitor them for like illegal activity. I huh. could, yeah, and I, this is a CNN article, and I, I actually heard about it on the news, and I looked it up, and it's true. I, mean, I don't. I just wonder how that would fly here in the great state of Texas, right? Because I've always heard, and this oh, is probably it wouldn't fly. They would literally be shot they down. Shoot it with shotguns, right? Because I've always heard shotguns. Shotguns. I think everyone would grab a gun and just start shooting at it. Yeah, that's what it would just be shotgun. just a shotgun. Okay, It'd be whatever. like I got my pistol <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, pistol, shotgun, whatever. But I, I. I Probably this is incorrect, but I've always heard that when you own property, you own the airspace above it. And I'm sure that's true to a certain extent, right? You probably don't own it all the way into outer space, right? I mean, there's airplanes that fly over well, your I house. Th- I think it depends on your HOA, your deed restrictions, too, because you can't build a house. You can't build like a seven story house in an area. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the so. airspace, though. Like, so in other words, if, I mean, I'm sure if someone were to fly a drone 15 feet over your property, that's everyone's going to consider that like inappropriate. Oh no, that's my space. But at what point does it start to kind of fade to where it just becomes, you know, anybody's game? I, you know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I'm not a real estate person, but I just know that would not fly very well here in the oh, state of man. Okay. Texas. So I, I saw this article you were talking about with the drones. Yeah. My favorite. My favorite part of it was the, so the idea behind the drones. If people don't know this, what they're trying to, you know, the, the safety answer is, if they get a noise complaint, they get whatever. Mm-hmm. They'll large gathering. They'll send the drone and make sure what's happening so they can justify going in. 
But you would, oh, this is a preemptive strike. Yeah, that's what basically it's like. If I call, I go, "Hey, my neighbors are having uh, a lot of party." Okay. They get a drone. Okay, I they, thought they were just flying over checking stuff. Well, they probably out. are too. I mean, that, that, that we're talking about the police here. And yeah, calls for loud music, disruptive behavior. Uh, instead, the police having to respond, they look on those. Okay, it's having well, to utilize what, a drone from yeah, a safe. You didn't read the own article you sent me. Uh, but what I love is this right here. <laughs> well, parts They're of going it. to utilize the drones to determine should they send crisis management teams there right away to help mitigate the problem. I don't know how I would react if somebody knocked on my door and be like, this is the New York crisis management <laughs> team. Uh, I'd be like, what does that mean? Like, is there a gas leak? Right. Like, that's what I would think. Well, we were monitoring your large gathering. <gasps> were you? Are we out of beer? Thank you for letting me know. Appreciate that, bud. Crisis no. diverted. I just think that's so funny that they have to call it a crisis management team instead of just like the police. Yeah, you got to fancy everything up, man. I mean, come on. Police is... Well, what, what, okay, this is what's kind of confusing me with today's public service. All right. And it's not, not just public... Think about everyone you interact with. Okay. And Thinking d- about at it different right occupations now. and everything. So, like, think about a hospital. And right. think about how many classifications of nurses there are. And it's it gets to the point where it's confusing because you don't know... Like, me as a, a right. peasant over here, like, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about that world. And if someone's like, oh, I'm an LVN... I'd be like, does that mean you can't cut my arm off or right. you can? Like, right. what does it mean? Does that mean you administer the medicine or you don't? I don't know. What I don't mean. know. Yeah. And and everyone's wearing scrubs. So, <laughs> right. like, I have no idea. And it's, it's, right. They need to, like, implement the the uh, the papal hat thing, right? So it's like in the in the Catholic Church, isn't like the bigger the hat, the, the more important you are in the church? They need to have some sort of sign or some sort of garb on in the hospital to well, allow you to know, you know they this, pro- this nurse they is probably more important do. than that nurse. They probably do, but they don't... In, you know, educate the public like little about bars it. and stars like the military on on their side. So, you know, this well, yeah, see that? she's and, a five star. And nurse. think about this crisis management team, because it reminds me, what was that like before all those riots and everything? They were talking about sending social service people to houses instead of police. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, is that just because they not qualify to carry a gun? Like, is that what makes them a social service person? Uh, that and they probably have a degree in like social work. There you go. I don't know. What are you talking about? It's yeah, like... I, I guess. I guess. Because if someone came up to me and goes, oh, I work for you know the Conrad Police Department. I was like, oh, you're a police officer. Oh, no, I'm a social... Well, yeah, they hire... And I was like, okay, so can you, you can't carry a gun. No, yeah, I think there are people that work for... It's like uh, civilians working for the U.S. Army. Well, I mean, Same it, kind of concept, uh, I think. You know, they can work for the police department as a clerk. That doesn't mean they're going to pop a cap in someone. But no, we're talking about putting people in the field. They're, that's what they were talking about doing. Yeah. And I was like, I okay, rules, that sounds... Because I feel like you need to be trained in a weapon if yeah, you're going to a so. house. Yeah, I would think so. And I ain't going to a house without a weapon, let's just say that. I mean, that's... Especially in New York. Certain oh, parts sounds kind of rough. Especially in this world. True. I so. guess I say New York could be right here in Conroe. Some crazies going on. Last week, we talked about the Japanese... Um, what was his name? The Japanese robotic... Uh, inventor Hirishoto, uh, Hiroshi Ishiguro. There we go. Sorry. And I said, I think we joked that um, we didn't know. We've never been to Japan. That likely could be a really popular name in Japan. Well, I looked up the most popular names oh, in go. Japan. And of course, I could go on and on and on, but we're going to do the top five here because I figured that would probably be enough. But coming in at number five, and this is from a 2008 study, so I guess information coming out of Japan is a little slow, but you can imagine it's probably about the same. But it, coming in at number five with 1.2 million people, Wantanabe. Okay. All right. Not as cool as Ishiguro, in my opinion, but we'll see how f- 
how far up the, the ranks Ishiguro is. Coming in at number four with 1.34 million people, Tanaka. Also pretty awesome sounding. Sounds like a... a all these sound like fighters to me. I don't know why, but somebody would, again, knows how to use a sword. Number three, 1.4 million people, Takahashi. So these are first names, right? These are blast names. But okay. I think over here, we give them... Wait, no. What is it, right? We, we say their last name first, or it's vice versa or something. I don't know. I don't know either. Number two, 1.9 million people, Suzuki. Now, that one I have heard a lot, so I can imagine that. Sure, that makes sense. And number one, the most popular surname in Japan with 1.99 million, Sato. So that's the Smith. That's the Smith of Japan, Sato. All right, thank you. Yeah, I just thought <laughs> let the I ones really you know. I really needed to know that, and I'm going to remember everything you just said about that. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was kind of interesting. I mean, do you give, if you met like a Smith, you wouldn't give him a hard time for having the last name. Like the only people I give a hard time if they have, if they have like first names for everything. I guess I don't really give people a hard time for you know their name at all. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Two first names? Well, no, even their middle name is a first name. Yeah, it's a little strange. It's really like, it's like Jonathan David, you know. Yeah, yeah, John David. That's, come on. John, uh, yeah, because <laughs> I think it's like Jonathan David William or something like that. And I was like, that's all first names. That's weird. Yeah, you know, and some people do win the name lottery, I think. Some names just are cooler than others. I'm trying to think. I met a guy. Like Dick Schistler? That is pretty amazing, yeah. I have to admit. Um, I always like people trying to pronounce our last names. Schistler and Bill Schistler. Schistler. Well, that's, yeah, because, of course, two S's mean Z's. and Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I did meet a guy one time. His name was Yaya. And I thought, man... That is so cool. I mean, it's it's out of the ordinary. It's different. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Better than what I'm rocking. No, nah, I like my name. I've said that before, but yeah. you know, whatever. Hey, man, when you were younger, did you ever play chess? Were you a chess guy? I played occasionally. I didn't. The only thing I didn't have was consistency with it. Like, I didn't have that one person who I played with all the time. Mm -hmm. my, my grandfather taught me how to play it. And, but he didn't really play it that much. It was more of like when we go to Galveston or we had like a rental house, and that was usually there's always a chess set. Yeah, in the a chess house. board there or whatever. Yeah, and that's how we passed the time. But I like chess. I played when I was younger. I haven't played since I've been an adult. Probably, I was okay, and I was never really good. I do think it's one of those things where you have to do it all the time, and the more you do it, the better you are at it. Um, I know if I were to play right now, I'd be rusty because you start developing strategies and. And have a have a plan, and you base certain moves off of other people's moves, et cetera, et cetera. I think I actually in the seventh grade joined the chess club, but it wasn't necessarily like a, a an organized thing. It was just like some kids got together a couple of times a month and played against each other. Well, I have some news for you, Dick. Next time that you are going to play chess, the uh, world's top chess federation has now made a ruling that transgender women cannot compete. And it's official events for females until a review of the situation has been made by officials. So I'm a little confused here. Because to me, wait, chess wait. is a game that really it says has they can't compete? They cannot. So in other words, they're, they're indicating that there is a separation between males and females in their capabilities to play chess. And I was a little surprised by that one, that we have... Male and females right. that don't compete against each other yeah. in chess. Well, like, it might be huh? it might be something where that federation is that's their stuff, but there's probably other federations around the world that, for chess. I mean, this is the world's top chess federation. It says here. Yeah, 
This is from the Guardian, so you know it has to be true. But yeah, that first the first thing that came to mind was why why do we even separate by gender? I mean, t- I can understand in sports where physicalness really plays into it, but basically what you're saying is the ladies aren't as smart. They can't they can't compete with the men in chess. That's essentially what they're saying. Well, and now, I, now, see, I tend to disagree, ladies. I'm just saying. No, I think I think that's fair. If that's what their federation wants to do. I mean, I don't care necessarily, but it does kind of make you wonder why. I, I just they don't want to change what has been working for so long. I guess, but I probably you're right. It's probably rooted in the fact of some some old rules from chess back from the like 1500s, where men didn't want to compete against a woman because they were afraid they'd get beat. And they can't have that. They're little fragile. Yeah, no, I mean, their I fragile can, male egos couldn't handle a woman beating I mean, their chest. I, if, I bet if so they, they never them. allowed mixed play, then that's that's what they do. I don't. Yeah, who cares? Yeah, they've never allowed it. But even the transgenders are not allowed to. So you don't have to worry about that in your next. Well, chess so competition. are you saying like if I identified as a dude, I couldn't play the dudes? I, that's I guess so. This is only talking about men playing in the women. I don't know about the other way around. Mm-hmm. So if you were identifying as a female, you could not go compete against yeah. other females. You'd have to compete with the dudes in your nice, pretty. You know what's so weird to me about the, that gown. whole? I was thinking about this uh, not too long ago about the whole sports and trans stuff. It's like to me when you get into the sport sporting world, it's all competition, right? Yes, like that is. It's different. Generally, it's what different from like you and me doing the recreational soccer, like I was talking about earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so they want to compete, so just. Like if you if they're a competitor, I don't think I would care who I was competing against because I just wanted to win no matter what game I'm playing. Sounds right. So let's see what happens. Okay, all right. And chess should be no different than that, right? Is that what you're saying? Well, that federation can do whatever they want. Like there's other federations around the world that right. have chess stuff. So hmm. I don't care what that they're doing. I mean, that's their rules, and that's just the way it is. So if I was a, if I was it is I, I, I'm going I am going to abide by the rules. If I was, if I'm I, not going to compete I, with the ladies, even though I'd like to. I'm going to compete against the men because I'm following the rules. I just, I would want. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, I would just want to play. So if if I had to check a box to play, I'll check a box to play. Yeah, but if you were a transgender, you would not be so happy about this. I bet. Well, yeah, but I would like say, for example, if I identified as a woman, I would still, if the rules were I had to play with the guys, I would still play with the guys. That's what you that's, say now. That's the but... rule. I get it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, like, I want to play. I want to beat these people. Oh, all right, man. Well, I think this is a pretty good time to take a break. When we come back, uh, you know, we've got some secret communities that we talked about living underneath the uh, Denver airport. Well, we've got one that apparently is living under the streets of Las Vegas. When we come back, guys, more A-O-O-O-O-O show. Oh, oh. Okay, I know we're on a break, but I... I we I'm, were on a break! I know we're on a break, but I'm getting tired of all these articles Andrew keeps sending me. They're great, and you know it. It's all trash. Kind of the point. But it got me thinking, Andrew. Mm-hmm. You, the listener, can submit articles oh, yeah. and ideas and topics. Yeah, they can. Audience of One Show at gmail.com. That's correct. Or Facebook, look up Audience of One Show with uh, Andrew and Dick. Otherwise, you're subject to stories about kids sleeping outside that apparently Dick cannot stand. No. Uh, I mean, I, I'm tired of this fake news, and I know the the cancer that is growing within Audience of One is Andrew and his terrible articles. So we need 
Come on, man. We need it's not it. that bad. We need stories. <laughs> so send us your ideas at audience of one show at gmail.com and Facebook, audience of one with Andrew and Dick. That's us. All right. So we look forward to hearing from you guys. And hopefully we have better topics on the next episode. And if we don't and they're still terrible, I suppose it's my fault. Yes. <laughs> All right, we're back with Audience of One, Lone Star Community Radio. Easy for you to say. IRLoneStar.com slash AOO. Always send in your comments, <coughs> articles to us at show at gmail.com. Follow us on uh, social media. Just look up Audience of One Show. We also are on YouTube on Lone Star Community Radio. Playlists under Audience of One. And, of course, podcast and all that kind of stuff. Coo, 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 coo. You're so good at that. Such a smooth radio professional. Yeah, but you know what sucks is, <clears throat> and, you, and people probably can tell because we're, I can hear it in my voice. I'm at like the tail end of whatever cold I had, and so mm-hmm. all that drainage is becoming solid, and it's just occasional emptying. It makes for great radio, and voice. it sounds like a frog <clears throat> almost. <laughs> a little froggy. A I, little I froggy. Will admit, I will admit. So you know, last week we neglected to talk about uh, Bob Barker. And I, I fully planned on coming in here and talking about Bob Barker. But since then, we had another kind of big celebrity death. And I thought, you know what? Everybody knows about Bob Barker now at this point. But the, uh, the, the, the one that kind of hit over the weekend was Jimmy Buffett. And he died at 76 years old. Um, I was a little shocked. I didn't know that he apparently had uh, skin cancer. He was melanoma or something like that. He'd been battling for the last several years. I mean, years. does it really and surprise it, you, though? That's what I was going to say. I mean, he's out there in Margaritaville all the time. Out in the sun, drinking his his margs and whatnot. So, yeah, R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett. But what I I find the whole aura around him fascinating. And from what I've heard, and I didn't do any research, but from what I can remember, is this whole Margaritaville um, and the the, the 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 restaurants and the the, the parrot heads and, and all this stuff that surrounds his music was kind of started organically. And apparently back in the 70s when he was performing, um, his fans were calling themselves Parrot Heads and making their own merchandise with the Margaritaville. And somebody in his camp said, you're not making a dime off this. You need to get a a hold of this, get get control of it. And I guess he took the rights to the Margaritaville, blah, 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 and just turned in massive profits. I mean, he's a billionaire now. I think he became a billionaire a couple years ago for the first time unreal well there's a margaritaville here in conroe there is i have i have played golf there yeah is yeah, it good yeah i mean it's an older muni course that they that they purchased and put up some new signage basically but yeah it's, I, I actually really like it it's nice um i haven't stayed there it's a it's a little pricey and besides it's why would i stay there it's 30 minutes from my house but yeah. what i didn't know about jimmy buffett and i thought this was pretty funny this kind of came back up in the news since his untimely passing, did you know, like back in in 1996, that his plane was attacked by Jamaican authorities and was like nearly shot down? I had no idea. Now I knew that a couple years pre- prior to that, like 94, he survived a plane crash because he was an avid pilot himself, and he was, uh, I guess, taking off his plane and something out of the corner of his eye like distracted him or something. Trying to remember the story, and he made a sudden movement, and the plane took off, and then immediately nosedived and flipped, and he had to like swim to shore, and that was like, yeah, kind of this, this uh, you know, iconic so, sort of story. But this one apparently happened two years later, and I had no idea. But 
apparently in, in January 16, 1996, Buffett, an avid pilot, had just landed at an airport in Jamaica accompanied by Paul Davidson, better known as Bono. I don't know if that's the Bono. Oh, yes, of the band U2. So this was actually with U2. How crazy. Uh, he said, we flew the plane and got, uh, we flew the plane in, got off, and as the plane took off to get fuel, we were surrounded by a Jamaican SWAT team. I thought it was a joke until I started hearing gunfire. So I, he actually wrote a song about this incident, and it's called Jamaica Mistaka. <laughs> Hey, man, never let a good opportunity go to the, the wayside. Pretty crazy. Had you heard about that? No. I mean, Jimmy Buffett is one of those guys that I enjoy his music a lot, but there's never really a timeline on, like, because the music I like from him is, like, from the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I always envisioned him being so old. So when he died, and I, he was only, like, 70, mid-70s, I was like, he was that young? I yeah, he's been around forever. But I always assumed he was just really old. And yeah, it's not that old. Kind of like Willie Nelson. Yeah, well, he is really old. Well, that's what, that's what I thought. I thought he was the same age as Willie Nelson. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, they were friends, I think, too. So it makes He's sense. friends with everybody. Well, that's true. Oh, come on. Uh, especially when you have... <laughs> I can't imagine him late in his career going like, oh, I don't have to sing anymore. And like Willie Nelson's like, I wish I came out with Margaritaville. Like, <laughs> right. Because I wouldn't have to perform anymore. Yeah, like, I feel like Jimmy Buffett, like at one point in like the late 90s, mm-hmm. he was like, oh, I don't have to do this stuff anymore. And just kind of play whenever he wanted to play. And yep. Then, Kind of, own some restaurants and own some merch. I mean, he merched it better than anybody I can think of. Yeah. It's it's impressive, man. More power to him, but R.I.P. No longer with us. Yeah. That's... Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan. I mean, a couple big hits. I, I guess the radio versions I, I knew, but I, I didn't know his deeper cuts. Well, he has a lot of music. Oh, yeah. Oh, he does. He has but a deep I, catalog. So I, I have not ex- explored it. I maybe it will out. have to. I will have to. Yes. You know, last week we talked about the uh, rumors and myths surrounding the tunnels underneath the Denver airport yeah. and the fact that, you know, lizard people live under there, because why not? Mm-hmm. Well, I found an article um, from MSN this past week, and this I find really fascinating because it is indeed true. And I don't know if you want to show the picture or not, but apparently oh, I mean, let me look for it. there are secret underground communities that live in the tunnels under Las Vegas. And this is wild, man. Um, you know, and I've been to Vegas a lot. I think you've mentioned that um, you have never been. It's crazy. You definitely need to go at least once in your life. But apparently there are these tunnels, I guess, that were built for water um, you know, flood mitigation and things like this. But it rains so infrequently that people have decided they could actually go down there and start making camp and living down there. And there's entire communities of people that live underneath the city of Las Vegas. I have to say, it's kind of frightening. Now, they have no electricity down there, so everything's set up with battery power and whatnot. But what is really even more interesting is that they've kind of set, uh, created like these pseudo-governments. Uh, and so different, different tunnels will have different leaders or you know, authoritarian-type people that will, will make order and, and make rules for the people who live there. And uh, yeah, man, crazy. But you know, they had that big storm that came through last week or so yeah. and flooded. Because it doesn't take a lot of rain for there to be flooding in, in Las Vegas. Because, you know, the, the water just kind of runs off the top of that sand and, and the water moves pretty quickly. My guess is a lot of these people got flooded bad because it, it, they actually did get quite a bit of, of rain. Yeah, I'm showing. There's, I guess the article you sent was more of like a 
a report about the homeless people. So, so. it says here that the origins are not for um, uh, rain mitigation and flooding mitigation like I thought it was. It says that the the their their beginnings remain a mystery. And some say the tunnels began as a way for bootleggers to escape during the Prohibition era. And, but I said that's maybe just a misconception. But that would make sense, right? Because back in the day, right? When, the mafia days? Yeah. That well, wasn't I mean, the during Prohibition, though. Um, well, it was I think like Vegas, 1920s, right? So, no. Prohibition? Oh, no. I'm talking about Las Vegas starting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe I guess that was before. Well, no. I think I don't know the history of Las Vegas, to be honest with you. But no, the government says, no, no, no. These are definitely to redirect water from the city. But of course, I love all of the uh, the myths, again, that surround about this. But what is not a myth, myth is people do live under there. Scary, man. But they don't appear to have any lizard skin. They appear to be normal humans. How boring. What a, what natural disaster do you fear the most? I mean, we talk about the hurricane there blowing through and flooding these people out. I think hurricanes, because we have such a, a, a good amount of warning for them, they don't scare me. Like, I'm scared of the earthquake. And I guess it's because I live here in Texas where we don't really have okay. massive earthquakes. The threat of something without any warning shaking the earth to the degree that a building collapses in on you or something scares the living crap out of me. I think that one fears me the most. I mean, tornadoes, no doubt, scary, but you got a few minutes. We're getting better at getting a few minutes warning. You know there's weather coming in, so the potential's going to be there. You can hide underneath, you know, your stairs or whatever, or a mattress over you in the bathtub. But, man, earthquake, kind of freaky. Which one do you fear the most? Uh... I imagine a tornado being pretty, yeah, hectic because you get like imagine getting sucked up and I've then thrown, yeah, and thrown. So it's kind of like, and you might survive, so it'd be painful. Uh, earthquakes, I think that is interesting. I think that volcanoes would be interesting. Ooh, volcano! I didn't even think about uh, that. That would be interesting. I think a tsunami would be intense. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I guess you have very little warning on a tsunami too. I mean, yeah. And even if you do have, I don't know, maybe a half hour, where are you going to go? Yeah. Right? I mean, my gosh. But I think ultimately, you know, recently that's the big t- topic is the fires. Wildfires is mm-hmm. really scary because that can change in a second. And then you're trapped. And then you're kind of like, what do you do? But then again, I think any natural disaster scenario is pretty scary. They are pretty scary. But I, I think the earthquake is is my, my most feared yeah, but natural earthquakes event. Are, like, you would, there wouldn't really be an earthquake here. Yeah, I know. So I wouldn't be afraid. Like now, if you went to like... Somewhere that there's a lot of earthquakes. I travel. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I travel. I get I get around. They could they could be uh, prevalent where I'm traveling to, and I think it's always going to be in the back of my hurricanes mind. Hurricanes are pretty this nice. This could I've be the to, big one. I've been in several hurricanes before, and that that's where it's, it gets crazy, especially in Galveston, because uh, that's where some of my family is from Galveston. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's such a normal thing. Yeah. But then when it, We're used to it, when right? it goes to 11, you're like, oh, maybe this isn't normal, and it gets pretty wild. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, small tropical storms, no big deal. Small, hurt, you know, Cat 1. Cat 2, maybe not, but starts getting to Cat 3, Cat 4. It is kind of scary because inside of hurricanes, of course, there can be tornadoes and, and whatnot. Well, I was not aware that apparently there is a, a way of measuring the intensity of a hurricane that's a little bit uh, obscure. Have you heard of the Waffle House Index? Oh, yeah. Oh, you have? It's kind of cool. Um, where did you hear about it? Just sort of... It was, kind of it was, I love the Waffle House. So it was always an ongoing joke. If it's closed, then you're in trouble. Yeah. So that's basically what it yeah. is. Is, is um, 
it's not a, a, a recognized, obviously a recognized index by FEMA, but um, apparently they, they will call Waffle Houses uh, to see if they're open because they have a reputation for being open all the time. And if they're open, then the threat is not as bad. But if a Waffle House is closed, boy, this is a bad situation. The, the, the disaster afterwards could be pretty, pretty severe. But that's kind of cool, right? I mean, to use a, a local business like that. Yeah. So anyways, they've got different levels, though. So the index has three levels based on the extent of operations and the service at the restaurant following a storm. Green, full menu. Restaurant has power and damage is minimal or absent. Yellow, limited menu. <laughs> power is either absent or delivered by a generator or food supplies are running low. And then there's red, the restaurant is closed. This indicates severe damage or severe flooding, severe destruction to the restaurant. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I uh, if you didn't know, the labor, over the Labor Day, the first Waffle House opened for the museum in the Georgia. First I forgot where in Georgia House opened for. So, the like, the, like they re renovated the first Waffle House. Ah, and made it into a museum. Made it into a museum. Wow. Okay, no, I wasn't aware of this. Yeah. And it, you, said, you said it's where? It opened. It's in Georgia somewhere. I can look it Is up. Is that where Georgia? No, I don't care. Is that but, where? I guess that's where they started. Yeah. But it opened huh. up over the weekend. I got an email about it huh. from my Waffle House crew. Oh, wow. Are you going to go? you going to book I, some tickets to like, head out there? I, I, did, I did say to one of my buddies, I was like, if we ever go on a road trip towards Georgia, I think I would probably. It's kind of like seeing the big ball yarn or something <laughs> like that. Right. It's like, what a silly tourist thing. But then again, I was like, that'd be kind of cool, especially if you could eat there. That'd be even better. That'd be cool to say I ate at the first Waffle House. Yeah, I, I would think that they would restore it to the fact where they could you know, serve food there, but I guess they figure they've got enough other stores to generate revenue. You know, Do they have the first waffle ever made? That's That would be interesting to see if it sur survived all these years. They uh, preserved it somehow in some glass case. Hopefully they cleaned it, cleaned the restaurant, you know. No, I mean, you know how you, you know, places will have like the first dollar they ever made up on a, you know, like a glass case on the okay, wall or something. You. Yeah, you get the first, first waffle, waffle yeah. you know, yeah, uh, right next to the head they found. Well, no, you know, this got me thinking, though, because I saw on social media people, you know, we're talking about stupid TikTok trends and everything. All the well, time. Well, apparently a trend that's going around is people going to famous places and screwing with it. So kind of like what we're okay. talking about with the, the Coliseum, write your name. Oh, right. So recently there was a kid who, uh, on a tour of Elvis's house, uh -oh. He jumped the fence and used the diving board to jump in the pool so he could swim in Elvis's pool. Oh, was there still water in it? Yeah. That's interesting, because I've been to Graceland, and I don't remember, yeah. I mean, most, everything is kind of not operational, you know, so I'm surprised they keep water, I guess because it would look stupid without water. So he's got to so he's it. Doing it and, was, and then I was thinking I myself. I mean, he's going to do time, but it is kind of a cool reason to do time. Yeah. And I wonder what the actual punishment would well, be. That's what I was thinking of, because there's certain areas. It's not breaking in it. It's just probably trespassing, which is probably, you know, a fine, and he can say, yeah, I paid off the fine, but I swam in Elvis's pool. Yeah. And what I was Worth thinking, it. I was going to ask you, what do you think you would be willing to risk just so you could say you did it? I don't want to do any time. So it, uh, if there's time involved, I'm probably not doing it. Well, if, there's fine, if there's a fine, if there's a fines, I would risk a fine, and then I have to assess what, the like? level of fine with what I'm doing. So like, uh, if I were to run out on a baseball game and high five one of the, the outfielders, and the fine was like five thousand bucks, not worth it. Yeah, right. Like that's not worth it. If it were five hundred bucks, maybe. But that's not a really cool story. It would have to be something like swimming in Elvis's pool. 
I would swim in Elvis's pool for a grand. Especially if you, I could live stream it for the show, you know, I could use it for show content, yeah. something like that. But you've got to have, see, that's the problem too with people being able to monetize these things with cell phones now. They're doing all of this crazy stuff because they're like, oh, I might get fined, it might be illegal or whatever, but yeah. I'm going to make it up on the back end. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, because I always wondered when you visited like the founding fathers' houses and stuff like that, have you ever done anything like that, like Mount Vernon and things like that? I have like not that? been up there to. So growing up, my Washington my, DC, I'd love uh, to know. My dad is huge, of, huge, of course. Area. My dad's a huge history guy because every mm-hmm. dad is. So growing up, <laughs> that's what we would do. We would you know visit Gettysburg, visit old houses and everything. And it, it always made me wonder, like when you're going through Thomas Edison's house or something like that, and you're kind of like, what? Like, do people like use any of this stuff? Like, does anyone like? Oh, I want to sit in Thomas Jefferson's chair, you know, or you know that kind the guy of thing. with the Viking. Helmet that busted into the White House probably would go in there and no. put his feet up. I mean, yeah. I don't think any of that stuff gets used. No, I, I think it's not well used, but it's more of like at one point this stuff is like, what, what do we care? Do we really care about this stuff? Somebody does. So I don't know uh, enough to preserve it, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know what I, I think would, it's cool. What I would risk for that? I don't really know anything that's like historical that I would want to like mess with. Hmm. You know, like I don't really yeah. care. Again, you have to weigh out the benefits, and are you going to be able to monetize it? It's all about monetization these days, man. Otherwise, there's no point to it. Or, or if the, the story itself means that much to you. You may not monetize it, but being able to tell the story, you're the cool guy who got to... Like, whatever. I think it'd be pretty cool to be on top of Mount Rushmore and get a picture with that, like on top of the heads. Are you yeah. not allowed to go up there? No, I don't think you're going to, like, climb it. Yeah, probably not. But once would, you get up a certain distance, like I would, if I would, they're just going to let you climb, let right? Until cl- you get up to the let, top, I would climb up under one of the noses, and then I would take a picture, you know. Of course. So that's the only thing I can think of would be fun. Yeah, because once you start going, they're not going to, they're not going to get you down. They're going to let you climb all the way up to the top, and as soon as you get to the top, they're going to, or you can like, going to rest you, creep people out and touch like Jesus's cloth, the face cloth that the Catholic people have, mm-hmm. like put your face in it too. Well, that, that would, that would, that would offend some people. <laughs> that would. That would that uh, would make you famous. You'd probably get a fine for that. Yeah. yeah, maybe do some time if they think you're desecrating some sort of sacred artifact. Oh man, I saw this article and it made me think of you. There is a man who has been charged with driving under the influence, which unfortunately happens. But this is while operating a child's power wheel. <laughs> Love this man. You know what I mean when I say power wheel, right? Those, yeah. Those have, have, you, have you seen the souped up ones? I. Th- I think that's kind of what this is. At least that's what this picture looks like. This is a Jeep. What do you mean souped up? Like, do they do they haul butt? No, people, like, mod them. <laughs> no. Yeah, here, I'll, I'll see if I can find one. <laughs> that sounds one. awesome, though. Is it like Pimp My Ride Power Wheels Edition? Yeah. Is that show showing you. my age, Pimp My Ride? That's not even around anymore. It says a man was recently charged with driving under the influence in a kid's Power Wheels Jeep when he was pulled over by Indiana State Police. That's right. According to the report last week at approximately 9 p.m., Indiana State Trooper Buchanan observed a male operating a power wheel in the roadway in Vincennes, Indiana. Oh, boy. He said that the vehicle had no lights or reflectors and was difficult to see. No kidding. He said the 51-year-old also displayed signs of impairment and failed field sobriety tests. Dick, this is going to be your legacy. One of these days, you're going to own a power wheel and you're going to do something stupid with it. I can see this. But it does kind of make you wonder, though, um, I, I guess do the same laws apply when you're on the road with a power wheel? I guess so. You can't, you can't be under the influence. I mean, my God, if that were the case, 
people on the golf course with golf carts would. Oh yeah. I mean, there ain't a sober one of them out there. Just saying. So but like, I didn't realize that. Are you showing this video right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm gonna show this video. Oh, this, this guy, is awesome. This guy modded a power wheel. So yeah, for those of you who are on podcast, you can't see it, but uh, watching on YouTube, Facebook, there is a what appears to be like a whoa, like a Porsche. Is that what that is? Maybe. And he's able to pop wheelies with it. Oh yeah. So he's modded it out to he the put real tires on it. Oh, it's got rubber tires. Oh, oh my he modded gosh. it. It's like that's what I'm amazing. saying. They go, they go. Look at this. He's like building a miniature car. Yeah, at this point, it's probably just a car. I mean, it's. But I think the the mod, like the the body, is a power wheel. Power wheel. wheel. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's probably the only thing that's original to yeah. the power wheel. It's just the outside because this looks like it's got. That's, no, but then I've seen people do like they upgrade the batteries and everything. Yeah. And then the but the plastic tires just run out, so it's like it is funny how you know we're obsessed with cars and car culture in this country because I remember as a kid being absolutely fascinated with those things and wanting one so bad. I'd go into the you know the Toys R Us, the I Walmart, more, or whatever. I was more of a go kart guy, and I'd see him and just be like, "Wow, look at that!" That's like amazing. I didn't want a power wheel; I wanted a go kart. But that's mainly because my brothers were older, so they got to ride the go-kart if we went yeah. somewhere. I'm like, can I ride the go-kart too? I guess as I got a little older, you know, I had I had a four-wheeler when I was a kid, but I was a little older well, too. You weren't the, you're not the oldest kid, right? I am the youngest. Yeah, but yeah. so I always grew up in that mentality of like, I don't want to do anything what I, like people my age are doing. I want to be doing yeah. what my older brothers are doing. Yeah. And so I never, hmm. never got into the, like the, the, Power I think it's because they I looked was... like real cars to me, and that was just magic. Well, go-karts are tight. Yeah, but go-karts are cool. Um, like, have you seen this place? I always wanted to visit it. They've been in the studio several times, but it's over uh, New Caney, and it's it's a racetrack, <laughs> but it's like go-karts, but it's a legit racetrack, not like, oh, we're going to Celebration Station <laughs> right. or like stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, no, this is you have to pay a lot of money. And you have to have a driver's license to ride these go karts. Whoa! I think you actually have to have a driver's license, and some if they go over a certain speed, I think that I don't think that's uncommon. But yeah. so these must be pretty quick. Oh yeah, you got to wear a helmet and whatnot. I'm always the guy when I go to those things that gets the slow one, and so I'm racing a bunch around a bunch of kids. You, you're about to die over there, buddy. You all right? Yeah. Swallow the wrong way, and I'm doing AOO by myself now. Dick has left yeah. the building. And I've always get the slow one, and there's some like twelve year old kid who's lapping me, and there's nothing more embarrassing. Again, it's like playing <laughs> basketball against little kids and them whooping your ass. It's like, oh man, come on! It's, it's my car. I promise, it's my car. I always get the slow one. It's so frustrating. Yeah, I got kicked out of a place one time. <laughs> oh, um, what were you doing? Driving recklessly. No way. It was fun. It was worth it. My yeah, buddy, see, there you go. It was worth it. You got to weigh well, it like, out. The guy, now you got a story for the radio. The guy was like, he warned me, and I was like, I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just like, I want to go fast, so it's, sorry that I'm fishtailing. I want to go fast, and that, that's your uh, Fast and Furious. Well, he got me. They, they, Same, you right? can't fishtail. What? And I was like, well, I don't mean to. I'm What's just, the point if you can't? I'm trying to beat the track record, bro. How are you going to? Right. But, so, uh, well, some of those I wasn't like, even hitting anybody. I wasn't like bumping it because I know that like, controlled gotta, chaos is what you. Yeah, mean, and right? I was just trying to. See I think how Dick's fast trying to tell go. us without telling us he's a really good go kart driver. No, I just I love. I'm I, able to fishtail, not hit people, man. It's what I do. Uh, no, I was definitely spinning out, but I could correct it and get back on the track real fast. I have been to one of those where they're designed to slide. They're called like ice tracks, and it's not actually ice. They're the tracks are metal. Yeah. And, and tires are slick. Well, this place and so was, you slide around the this corners. This place and was a renovated Kmart. 
So it was all oh, inside. It was all inside. legit. It was tight. Yeah. And uh, it was- This is like, the place where you have to sign a waiver before you oh, go Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. If you and, die while you're here, not on us. But it was really weird. Like, the guy just had, like, he out for me. And I was like, are you really giving me that big of a hard time? Because after, like, the fourth ride, he's mm-hmm. like, you can't ride him or you got to get out of here. And I'm like, but I didn't hit anybody. And he's like, yeah, but breaking the rules, dude. Breaking the rules. You're just gonna kill yourself. Like, come on, this is an old Kmart. Yeah, I should build a fishtail. Well, I mean, he might have had a point. I mean, might have been like, I could have hurt myself. How old were you? Were you a kid? Or are you an adult? Oh uh, no, I was 24, 25. Okay. An adult. I just want to go better. fast. That's right. Just want to go fast, man. Want to go fast, man. Want to go fast. From ABC Seven News, staying on the automobile. This is the AOO Automobile Minute from Asheville, North Carolina. A woman has is fighting to keep her. Vanity license plate. I know you, you've always wanted to get Dick IV, and I think they were uh, there was some conjecture whether or not you were actually able to have Dick IV no, as I a think license I plate. Can. I think I can. Well, she is fighting to keep her license plate that says "fart." <laughs> 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 gotta love it. Gotta love it. Uh, the license plate that that's pretty good. <laughs> yes. Fart. Yes. So <laughs> What yeah. kind of car is it? What kind I, of car? I, I don't know, but it says... Uh, if, it was car- like a, if it was like a smart car or something like that, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, so it says Carly Sidney of Asheville said the DMV approved her personalized license plate back in October, and she was a bit surprised but excited when she received the plate in the mail. She put it on her truck and went along her merry way, driving around town with FART in all capitals on the back of her pickup. But then on February 25th, she received a letter in the mail from the DMV, and the letter stated that the DMV had received some complaints about her license plate. Come on, people. Who's complaining about this? Well, who finds the phone number to complain? You're right. Like, that, that is some dedication. And I always wondered that, like, how many times, because it's, it's like, for example, when you're sitting in a restaurant, it's so easy to complain because it's right there. Yeah. And it's like, wow, give me the manager. Blah, blah. But like when it comes to certain aspects of filling, like seeing the license plate or mm-hmm. seeing the bumper sticker or seeing, you know, the T-shirt, it's like, do you really dial 911 to complain about a fart license plate? Seriously. Do you think people dial 911? Somebody's offended by everything. The DMV asked Cindy to respond, explaining what the plate meant to her. And why it was important. Get this. This is the best part of the story. She and some friends put their heads together and came up with an attempt to save the fart license plate. They decided to tell the DMV that it was an acronym for a completely made up group, Friends of Asheville Recreational Trails. (laughs) I love these people, man. Sounds like a chick you'd want to hang out with. Uh, They completely made it up. However, the state didn't buy it and she is no longer able to keep her fart license plate. That's uh, crap. <laughs> That's crap. So to speak, as it were. Pretty much, yeah, it was crap. Yeah, man. But she says they've, they've actually tried to make it legit, and they tried to actually form a group. I mean, they're really serious about keeping this. And uh, 15 people showed up at the <laughs> group's first meeting, and they were trying to sell promotional stickers and T-shirts to keep this thing going. Man, that is, that is sticking true to the bit. That is really – that license plate does mean a lot to her. Yeah. But it is not legit, man. Okay. Yeah. Did you hear about the uh, this this a town in da, 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 Maine that is attempting to become the home for the world's largest flagpole? Not a flag. Not a flag. Flagpole. Flag and they want to make this higher than the Empire State Building. It's a one billion dollar project dubbed the Flagpole of Freedom Park. Murica, baby, Murica. But it's intended to quote bring Americans together. Remind them of the centuries of sacrifice made to protect our freedom. 
and unite a divided America, which, of course, it will not do at all. But I am always amused by how these small towns, try, and apparently this town only has like 450 people, try to basically, well, yes, I understand they probably love America, right? I get it. They're trying to be patriotic. They're just trying to bring in some tourist dollars into their town and using yeah. this as an excuse. Totally well, I mean, cool. I get lar- it. Largest yarn ball. Yeah, exactly. But I bet you that yarn ball didn't cost a billion dollars to build. And I don't know where they're going to get this money. I guess they're probably going to be asking for donations and whatnot. But I have to ask you, would this be a place that you'd want to go visit just to see a flagpole? Now, it's going to be more than just a tall, like, regular pole. It's it's going to be basically like a building with a tall, you know, flagpole at the top. Tall as the Empire State Building. Taller, yeah. In this little tiny town. Yeah. It's going to look I guarantee you the FAA or whatever it is. What's the flight people? Who are the flight people? Uh, the FAA. Oh, yeah. FAA. I was right. Thank you. Uh, I think it is. <laughs> I could see them saying no. No, because it's like a danger. To, but there's no one flying over this probably rural part of Maine, you That's, think? Well, people are flying. Yeah. And it's like, oh, hey, you know that huge open part of Maine? dodge it. Come on. Just There's a giant pole there now. So just, you probably can't see it. Yeah. But just watch it. Well, I think you should be able to dodge it. If you're a, a licensed pilot, come on, man. It's a flagpole. Miss it. Turn to the right. Well, Pull I think, up, go no, over. It. I think there's rules about how high you can build stuff in the middle of nowhere. Oh, probably so. Here, it's, again, it's talking you're about not, like you're, earning, owning the airspace. We had this conversation. You're not building really. like an antenna. You're building something taller than the Empire State Building. Merca. So. Merca. Hey, I wanted to do this story. I don't know if we have enough time um, about Airbnbs. Have you? Uh, are you an Airbnb guy? You ever I've stayed used it. at an Airbnb? I've used it. Yeah. Have you ever been concerned that there might be? cameras in there yeah yeah so you've thought about this well i mean because if you go to a like a regular hotel the assumption is there's no cameras in there but an airbnb is a house that just belongs to somebody some weirdo could be putting cameras all over the place yeah. thing, right i mean it's just the risk you're gonna take well airbnb prohibits the placement of cameras by hosts in private places which it defines as bedrooms bathrooms or common areas that are being used as sleeping areas like a living room with a sofa bed but it does allow for the use of cameras in public and common spaces but requires that hosts disclose the cameras presence and locations of their listings man i don't know i ne- for whatever reason this thought never crossed my mind that there somebody might actually do this but from pcmag.com they've actually said here are some tips when trying to find hidden cameras it says the easiest most low-tech way to find a camera is to perform the kind of search that is cheap right turn off all the lights sweep a flashlight around the room and look for reflections that might indicate a lens right go slowly since a glint from the lens can be a pinpoint small object. I believe, believe it. We live in an area or a time when we have to do this. And the second one here is check the mirrors. If they lift off the wall, you can peek behind them. If they're bolted on, you can check whether they are two-way, once again by turning off the lights and holding up a flashlight to the mirror and searching its surface. If you only see your flashlight's reflection, the mirror is likely not two-way. But if you see an area behind the mirror... It's a two-way mirror. Man, all of a sudden, I don't want to stay in an Airbnb now. I'm, like, kind of creeped out about this, thinking, man, there are some weird people in this world, and how hard would it be if you've got a, a house to hook it up with? If you're already running cameras, how hard would it be to put another one in there? I, I mean, it's kind of one of those deals where, depending on the house, like, imagine you're staying at, like, a 
a four thousand dollar a weekend house, uh-huh. there's probably going to be cameras. That's at what I'm thinking. Areas. They want right. They want to protect their investment. It says the last one here is uh, scan the Wi-Fi network. As a guest, you likely have access to your rental's Wi-Fi, which allows you to perform a scan. Download a Wi-Fi scanner app, app, uh, and it will see which devices are connected. So if basically you're looking for things like cameras and you're looking at the number of cameras and all the devices that are connected to it and there's more connected than you can find, there's some hidden ones watching you do your business. There's, so, cam- there's cameras in here. There you go, man. That was our AOO um, PSA for the for the for the week. You know, last week I promised we were going to have talk about sex robots, but uh, in researching sex robots, I, I realized there's probably no way I could legitimately do that story over the radio, and so I'm going to skip that. Sorry, thank uh, you, AOO <laughs> listeners. The onesies will have to be deprived of um, what it takes to make a good and effective sex robot, as you can imagine. There's a lot that goes into it, so use your imagination. That's all I got for this week, guys. It was a lot of fun. Dick, thanks again. Yeah, it's good to I see believe you. this was episode number 30, oh. I think. If not, we're around in there. Happy 30. Can't believe we made it to uh, 30. I want to let the Wednesdays know we're here every Wednesday at 10 a.m. on Lone Star Community Radio, podcast, YouTube, Facebook, all that stuff. Just look up uh, Lone Star Community Radio or look up Audience in One Show. Like, follow, share. See you next week, guys.